All right, here we go. My name is Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 362 of the world-famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. Hope your Christmas went well. Our Christmas went okay. And you know what's great? It's behind us. I don't like Christmas anymore. I used to love it. When I was a kid, of course, I loved it. When I was in my 20s, I loved it. When our kids were young, I loved it. Somewhere along the line, that's not, I don't enjoy it anymore. You know why? Because I'm, I'm maxed out on the. You know, it's just it's just an, another obligation, right? It's a it's a long list of obligations, and I, I feel like I, I'm always racked with guilt. I feel like I never do enough. It costs a ton of money. I don't want to, you know, it costs a ton of money. It, it, it's it's more obligations, and uh, it's just you know stressful. And I don't, and I don't need more obligations. I I am. Up to my eyeballs in obligation. I don't need more. It's no fun. I don't enjoy it. It stresses me out. I don't like it. <laughs> you know. So um, the 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 day after. I mean, I I was I hesitate to say the day after because it, actually it's the afternoon of Christmas. Christmas Day. Like everybody gets up and they open their gifts. If everybody, you know, if there's not somebody that's like completely disappointed and crushed with disappointment, you know, then um, I feel like, oh, God, okay, we got that behind us. But Christmas Day is not any fun for me either. It's just a day of sackism. Every store's closed. Every restaurant's closed. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Everybody just hangs around. Some people don't even get out of their, you know, pajamas all day. Or whatever they wear to bed, you know. It's not any pajamas. Pajamas, pajamas, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's just a, a day of sack. And I don't like that. I can't I can't deal with that. I, I can do maybe one day. Even that's hard on me. Some people can do it never ending. <laughs> just hanging around the house watching TV. Can't stand that shit. God, makes me insane. I can't stand it. So some, you know, Christmas Day is not not very much fun either. You know, and everybody, somebody always says, hey, "Let's watch a let's watch a Christmas movie." I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that either. It stuff sucks. Like Elf. Like, you know, this year, you, somebody want to watch? You guys want to watch Elf? No. Why would I want to watch that? I've seen it like I don't know, ten times in my life, maybe more. I mean, it's all right. I don't hate it. You know, but. Uh, you know, if you ask me, do you want to watch it? The answer will always be no. I ended up watching it, and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, but, you know, I didn't, I would have never said yes to that question. Never. And I don't like, you know, all those Christmas movies, all the big ones, Christmas Story. You want to watch Christmas Story? No. I mean, I love Gene Shepard. I, I love the Gene Shepard radio show, which was where all those stories came from. 
but I don't want to sit and watch it again. I've seen it uh, 20 times in my life. <laughs> Why do I need to see it again? You know, this is not 2001: A Space Odyssey. I'm not. I'm. You know, you're not peeling another layer of onion away. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is this is just some goofy little Christmas movie. I mean, it's good. It's it's well done. I've been to the Christmas Story house. Steve wanted to go there when we were in Cleveland. We went to see a Reds uh, Indians game. They were called the Indians back then. They weren't the not the Guardians. So you know, I don't need anybody calling me up and telling me that I'm being insensitive. They were the Cleveland Indians at that point. We went to a baseball game. Surf reporter uh, got me tickets. Got us tickets to uh, to a game. It was hotter than shit that day. I mean, hot. One of the hottest days I've ever experienced in in my life. So we went to that game, and um, it was one of it was one of the, the uh, level where there's free food, you know. So they had this big spread of all this different kinds of food. I was so freaking hot that I, I didn't even want to eat. I was I felt like I was about ready to pass out. It was I felt like I was about ready to burst into flames. <laughs> I remember after the game. Um, we were walking back to the hotel, and uh, Steve goes, you want to stop and get a beer somewhere? I said, hell to the yes. So we stopped at this bar, and um, Steve, we were sitting at the bar, and Steve ordered, I don't know, some fancy-ass, you know, some kind of fancy-ass craft beer, which is what I would normally order as well. But I was so, I felt like my, uh, I felt like I was about ready to, to go up in flames. I was so hot. I mean, just all the way down to my skeleton. I feel like my skeleton was hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I was like, uh, so he ordered whatever. You know, he ordered some kind of fancy-ass thing. And I said, you got any uh, Paps Tall Boys? <laughs> and the woman goes, now we're talking. We certainly do. So I, Steve was like, what the hell? What are you doing? I said, That's, I, I got to put this fire out inside of me. This is the only thing that will quench it. So um, he's like, I wish I'd have got one of those. <laughs> but anyway, he went to that, and Steve wanted to go to the, uh, he loves Christmas Story. So we went to the house. Yeah. Took about, mm, let's see, roughly uh, maybe like seven minutes to tour it. It's just a small little house. It was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see it, I guess. The neighborhood was shit, you know. It was a terrible neighborhood. This nice, you know, well-maintained house because it's a tourist attraction. And then they have, like, gigantic gift shop over there. He bought a bunch of stuff. I think I bought a uh, a postcard. He bought a full-sized leg lamp. Uh, I bought a postcard, I think. Anyway, uh, on that, so that I, we did go to that. But anyway, you know, if somebody says you want to watch a Christmas, Christmas movie, my answer Every time is going to be no. I don't want to watch it, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I can't wait to get this shit behind us. I can't wait to get it in the the rearview mirror. It's a weight lifted when we get past Christmas, New Year's. I don't have any problem with because that's barely a you know that's barely a holiday. That's just an extra extra day off from work. That's not in the same category. So um, you know you know once you get past it, so you get to the twenty sixth. That was that's what I was pointing. Once I get to the twenty sixth. Get past that day of sackism, which is the 25th. I feel like, yes, finally, we're past it. Woo-hoo! Now we can just start thinking about baseball, spring training, which is what I'm thinking about anyway. And uh, let's get this freaking winter behind us. 
and get back into baseball season and back to normalcy. All right. Anyway, I hope you guys had a good one. <laughs> How's that for an upbeat intro? Um, I was um, talking to somebody the other day. I think it was Tony. But I don't know if it was Tony. I think it was Steve, actually. I was talking to Steve on the phone. We were talking about stuff that uh, you hear about, like people tell you about, and you worry, and then, and then you worry about it. for. It's like something that never occurred to you. Something that never occurred to you, and then somebody tells you, that it happened to them or it happened to somebody. And then you start worrying about it. You know, it's like some idea that they plant in your head and you can't shake it. Uh, there's there's three of them that I jotted down. Um, I, I remember listening to uh, Clyde Bull's radio show, which is a British guy. I used to listen to his show every day, and um, it was great. I used to listen to it at work. And, um, and then it was back... back yeah, years ago, and they and they would let him do his show ever how he wanted to do it, right? Now they make him do uh, breaking news and stuff. It has to be about stuff that's in the headlines and stuff. It's not nearly as... I mean, I, he's still great. I love the guy. But uh, it was better when he could just do silly topics if he wanted to or whatever. So anyway, he was talking about... He had some woman on there, a man. I can't remember if it was a man or a woman. Talked about somebody who had the uh, had their dishwasher. They were loading a dishwasher. And they had the bottom drawer or tray or whatever. What is it? The bottom tray, I guess. Pulled out. And they were putting stuff in it. And it's got that silverware. Those little silverware holders off to the right. <laughs> as you're facing it. You know what I mean? And... Uh, said it had knives in there pointing up, right? Knives in there pointing up. And this person, like, slipped or tripped and fell across across the open dishwasher uh, drawer and died, like, impaled themselves on on steak knives that were sticking up. It's like, oh, my God. Every time I I open the uh, dishwasher, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> taking my own life into my, I'm taking my life into my own hands here, but I, I always put the the uh, knives pointing down, you know, because of that. That's one of those things I heard probably 15 years ago, and I never stopped worrying about it. <laughs> Anytime I'm around a dishwasher, for some reason, I don't know why. I mean, I hear all kinds of stuff all the time, and most of it just goes in one ear and out the other. And but that for some reason that stuck. I can just see myself tripping and falling. And um, and or somebody in the family, you know, tripping and falling, slipping on the on some water on the floor or something, and then just going straight across, straight across a basket of knives, like right into their heart. You know, that scared me. That's one of the things. Also, I remember a girl, a girl in Atlanta, told me this story, and this is ridiculous. I mean, um, okay, so she she told me that. Uh, she lived in this apartment, not very good. Back in those days, my apartment wasn't very good either. I mean, we're all in the same boat. We were like in our twenties. We were, you know, had roommates in some cases, and you know, not great. And our apartments were kind of shitty. You know, you're you're young and you're just getting started and stuff. So she said she was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I don't know. People tell you any. People tell you all kinds of stuff. I mean. Somebody told me yesterday that they were on their way to work and and they had to go back. They doubled back to go inside to check their britches, as they called them, because she she thought she shit herself. I said, "Well, thank you for that information. I appreciate that." Uh, 
you know, I'm not sure why that needed to be told, but uh, I'm glad it, I'm glad it all worked out. But anyway, so she told me she was sitting on the toilet. This is back in Atlanta, and um, and uh, she said there was a vent, like one of those, uh, you know, the the vent that's in the bathroom that runs when you turn the light on, that kind of thing. And she said, you know, there's a a cockroach up in there, fell from the vent into her underwear, because <laughs> her underwear is like right around, you know, down around her ankles. It, a, a cockroach fell out of the vent above her head, unknowingly landed in her underwear, and then when she was finished, she pulled her underwear up, and she could feel something wriggling around in there, <laughs> and there's a cockroach in there. I was like, what the... It's like ah, uh, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could live in this world, you know. Thankfully, I don't live in any kind of situation where there's uh, cockroaches anymore. But I mean, sometimes there's bugs that get in the house, you know. It's just something that's like I never that never occurred to me. Like something like that could ever happen. <laughs> Have bugs inside your drawers, you know, that, that fall from the ceiling, you know. So anyway, her name was Annette, and for some reason, I that that shit just like, that's in my head now. I mean, that's in my head, and I, you know, bugs me, you know. So uh, anyway, um, I should contact her, see if she's around, and see if she remembers that story. I'm sure she does. Traumatizing. Uh, the third one is something my dad told me. He said uh, this is back in the this is, this is something that goes back to the '60s, I think. Uh, where men were not supposed to use straws, that it was kind of a sissy, sissy. To he he called straws. This is when we were young, right? Me and my brother. He 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 called, and and it wasn't just him. This is like something that was widely. This is something a lot of people said, but my dad, you know, told this to me and my brother that. Uh, saw that straws were for sissies. They're, they're, he, he called them sissy sticks. <laughs> he called straws sissy sticks. So every time I use a straw, because I use straws now, I'm, I'm, I'll do whatever. You know, I don't want to drink. I don't want to put my lips like you go to a you go to like a, any, any restaurant and you get sweet tea or whatever. This is my you know that's my choice. Or or if they don't have that, then you get to, you get the Dr Pepper. I'm not putting my lips on those disgusting cups where there's been a thousand other lips prior to. I'm not doing that, you know. But for a long time, that kind of freaked me out, you know. I can't use I can't use a straw. Like, even when I'm drinking a milkshake, <laughs> I have to drink right off the lip of the cup, you know, because it's a sissy stick. I can't do that, you know. These are things that just get inside your head, things that never occurred to you before. How could a straw be something for sissies? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand that. But there's other things too, like umbrellas. You can't use an umbrella. Like what the? It's raining. What do you, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I mean, you know, I actually don't use umbrellas because I don't want to carry shit around. You know, I'm not opposed to it. Because I think it's going to make me look, uh, you know, seem like a sissy, so to speak. But um, that reminds me. The other, the other day I was, um, I was reading the Cincinnati Reds page on Reddit. Somebody linked to this old uh, YouTube video of 
uh, an old game show. I don't know if you youngsters might not remember it, but some of the people that are like my age <laughs> will. There's a famous uh, game show called uh, What's My Line? So that was that thing was on the original run of it was on from like I, I looked at I looked it up on uh, on Wikipedia. I don't know this information right off the top of my head. Started in 1950 and ran to 1967. So that's when it was on originally the original run. So this this episode that this guy linked to was from 1956, and um, one of the one of the guests on there. See, they have a panel of four people. And, you know, the person usually comes on there. There's like three or four of them in an episode. And often they have weird jobs, you know, or sometimes they're uh, famous people. And if they're famous people, then they have to put on uh, the the panel has to put on blindfolds. They either have to guess the person's job or they have to guess the famous person. Right. You know, by asking questions. So they go down the line. The person, the first person, asks a question. They can keep asking questions until the until the answer is no. They have to ask yes and no questions. Okay. So on this one from 1956, one of the the first guest, and there was was the night was the night was the Cincinnati Reds 1956 Cincinnati Reds team. Well, there were eleven of them, right? So they had, they had blindfolds on. They had one guy speaking for him. It was Ted Klazuski, who was a, you know, a red star. He's in the Reds Hall of Fame, has his number retired and all that stuff. And um, they quickly figured out that it was a baseball team. And then they were like, well, what is it a team from the metropolitan New York area? And they said, no. And um, they said, well, what teams are in town right now? And this woman, one of the women on the panel goes, well, the, the, the Milwaukee Braves are here and the Cincinnati Reds are here. Like, how in the, I, th- I thought that was pretty impressive. You know, the Braves are playing the Dodgers, or no, the Reds are playing the Dodgers and the, I don't know, and, and the, Bra- the Braves are playing the Giants or something. This is back when the, before the Giants and the Dodgers moved to the West Coast. All right, so they quickly realized that it was the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, they guessed it. In fairly quick, so that was kind of fun. It had like a had Joe Nuxall who became like the Reds, one of the Reds announcers for years and years. Frank Robinson, Hall of Famer, you know, that was kind of fun. And then I watched the entire episode; it was good. So then I watched another one. It had Brian Epstein, who was the manager of the Beatles from 1964. He was he seemed completely terrified. I mean, he didn't say. I don't think he said five words the whole time he was on there. You know. He didn't say he was ter- You could tell tell he was just totally terrified, <laughs> you know. And they quickly realized that he was, you know, they, you know, they they quickly zeroed in on that shit, you know. They figured that out within minutes, you know. And then, um, then I watched an episode from 1953. This is the one that um, ties in with the sissy sticks. It was. It had. Uh, I think it had Ronald Reagan on there. They had to wear. Uh, you know, they had to wear blindfolds for that one and some other people. But that one had all the commercials in it. All right, so there's this commercial that I saw in there, 1953, right? And it shows these two men in a locker room. And, uh, and one of them kind of like, you know, squeezes through to get past this one guy. And he knocks something off, uh, knocks something off the bench. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, John or Jim or whatever. Sorry, Jim. He goes, that's all right. Don't worry about it. It's not breakable. And he picks it up. The, the other guy picks it up, and he goes, what? 
A he-man like you would use a deodorant? <laughs> he goes, I certainly do. And it's not, you know, I, it's, not just a, uh, a, it's not just a deodorant. It's also an antiperspirant. He goes, an anti-what? You know, and um, so the guy goes off on some kind of tirade. I mean, you know, he's listing all the reasons why, you know, basically, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, in business, you know, when, when men are in business, you know, they, they, they do a lot, of, a lot of tense, you know, perspiration can happen because, you know, you're in high, you know, high tense meetings and stuff, all this stuff. And, um, and he goes, and then he goes, and there's nothing sissy about it. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. There's a lot of worries about being sissies back in those days, wasn't there? A lot of sissy. And um, he goes, oh, well, I think I'm going to stop on my way home, stop at the drugstore and get some for myself. It's like, what, what a wishy-washy son of a bitch you are. It's like, just like literally like 30 seconds ago, you were like <laughs> criticizing this guy. And he goes off at a, you know, so anyway... So, um, so, so that was, uh, I thought that was funny. You know, and then there's nothing sissy about it. I remember seeing an article on this website called Metafilter back in the old days. I don't know if that's still up, but it was a, just like a, it was a group blog where people linked to, uh, you know, articles and stuff on the internet and they wrote, you know, they'd write like a paragraph or so. It was all kinds of just random stuff, but it was always real interesting, kind of highbrow. And um, it's called Metafilter. I don't know if it's still around, but um, there was this article on there. I remember reading. It said that uh, back in the in, in the early 1900s, they uh, they bullied like these companies like, bullied women <laughs> into using um, deodorant because they they said if you don't, you're never going to have a man. You're never going to get a man. Never. You're never going to have a family, a husband. All your dreams are going to be dashed because of your stank pits. You're horrible. You're a horrible stench that you're just, you know, exuding all the time. If you don't do that, if you don't buy our product, all your dreams are out the window. You know, they just like scared the hell out of everybody. So that was, that was for when they, that's how they did it. And it was in the early days, I guess it was just for women. You know, it was something that women used. Men didn't. And then after World War II, I guess, uh, these people said, uh, why are we limiting ourselves to just, uh, you know, the Procter and Gambles of the world? They're like, why are we limiting ourselves to 50% of the population? Let's bully the shit out of men, too. <laughs> you know, let's let's scare the hell out of them. So they went, they started a, and this is right, at, you know, this was in 1953 when I saw this ad, this commercial. It was, you know, around that time, uh, right, you know, right after, well, that was like eight years after, but you know what I mean. Um, they uh, they they were they were telling men that you know if you're not going to be able to get promoted because you smell terrible. I mean, you smell awful. You know, you're never going to get promoted. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to support your family like a man. You're not. You can't. You 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 can't be a provider like a man should be. <laughs> you know, unless you uh, buy our product. I mean, if you buy our product, you know, you, you know, you have a better better chance at it. But your stank pits, your horrible stench. Your, oh God, you smell like an open grave every day. 
So anyway, so eventually they got all the men on board too. <laughs> they just like bullied everybody and like terrified everyone into thinking that they're going to be social pariahs. They're not going to be able to get a man. They're not going to be able to have a family. Children, children's completely out of the out of the. You know that's never going to happen. And men, you know the men were never going to be able to like support their family. They're going to be a big failure. They're going to be looked down upon <laughs> by all their peers. Anyway, anyway, I don't, I don't, how'd we end up on this subject? Oh, yeah, the sissy stick thing. Well, anyway, so that, that was kind of interesting. Um, I was talking to Steve the other day. All right, we'll just wait. This, I don't want to go off on another. I got, I got some calls. We'll go into that thing I was talking to Steve about next time. But um, I, had, I do have two calls that came in over the hotline. Let's just do those now. Um, before we get into them, though, uh, I did have a call. From an area from area code seven six five, it was fifty seconds long, totally silent. So I don't know if you're from area code seven sixty five, and you think you left me a message. There was nothing there when you hit play. Total silence. So I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, if that if that was you, give me a call back. And try it again. Let's do it again. So the the first call that I was able to hear is from our old pal Patrick. And here it is. Hey, Jeff. Patrick here. Uh, man, gross things that you've had to do at work. Uh, man, my first job, like you, was uh, uh, I worked at a butcher shop. Um, and, yeah, I used to have to make the ground beef um, like you. And I used to have to, like, package all this stuff up where you'd package up, like, ribs and cut the steak and, like, wrap it all up in the, in the paper and wrap it all up in the thing. And, and that part didn't bother me so much uh what really grossed me out was at the end of the shift you had to clean all the equipment like you had to clean all the 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 meat grinders and there was a uh we had this big we used to get sides of of beef in like rocky like the cattle whole side of cattle in and we would cut it up the the master butchers that we had we, we would cut it up into pieces on this big bandsaw, which is just like a bandsaw that you would see like a, in a woodworking shop. And the book, the bandsaw would get, it was, it was, it looked like sawdust, but it was bone. It was bone dust. And it would get like little chunks of beef and meat and fat would get all in it. And I'd have to take the covers off of it. And you had to clean that thing every day. And that was gross. That really grossed me out. Uh, you had to stick your fingers in plate and like scoop all the shit up. That was really gross. Um, now I'm a mechanic, and I've been a mechanic for about 30 years, and we're, it's not the oil, it's not the dirt, it's not the grease that, that I don't mind any of that. What bugs me now is gross cars. Like when I get in a car and the steering wheel is sticky or the shifter's sticky and or greasy, and it smells like uh, like old food. There was there was a, there was this big giant fat woman had a Jetta I used to work on, who was the hoarder type. And her her the only spot in the car was was where the driver's seat. And the rest of it was filled with trash, like all halfway up the window. You could hardly see out of the motherfucker. And it smelled like like you said the dude's desk where he would keep food <clears throat> in the desk. That's what this car smells so like rotten and I. Ooh, dude, I, I could not drive that car. I had to get, I'd work on it. I was like, dude, you gave somebody else to drive this thing. I, I can't, 
can't be in it. And there was another guy that had a uh, Volkswagen Passat that had this thing must have smoked like three packs of cigarettes in this thing a day. And everything inside the car was tan from the from the nicotine and the smoke that was in it. And everything, it was sticky, like sticky. Not like you wouldn't stick your head in, but you could feel it. It was sticky, like the steering wheel was sticky. All right, Patrick. It sounds like you got cut off, but um, I, yeah, I got the gist of that. So, yeah, you worked. You, you did the same thing where you had to make the ground beef. You said that part didn't really bother you at all, whatever. But, you know, the part that I didn't like was dropping those big globs of fat in there. You're just like, oh, that was disgusting. But I don't think I never had to clean the machines, the grinders and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I'd care for that either. You take the you take the, the housing up there, the, the the top of it, stick your fingers down in there. Oh God, I can, I, uh, no, I can see what you're saying. That would be disgusting. And um, I cracking me up about the gross cars, sticky steering wheels, sticky shifter. <laughs> I think I, is that a band? I think that was a Southern rock band, Sticky Shifter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It smells like old food. Yeah, people are disgusting. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to name names, but there are people in my family. Like, you go out in the driveway, we got four cars, right? And you walk by, you go down the middle of the driveway, and all four cars are parked. You look in the windows, and to varying degrees, there's stuff in there. You know, people, there's like empty bags. There's like like uh, fast food bags, you know, like uh, you know, soda bottles. There's stuff in there. There's all kinds of shit in there. Clothing. Who the hell knows? Half-eaten sandwich. Like a hoagie on the, you know. You know, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then you get to my car, there's nothing in there. It's completely empty. There's nothing. Zero. I keep it complete. Steve always says, why is your car always so neat? I say, I don't know, it's not a, you know, you know. And my brother, I was telling you, the, my brother <laughs> opens the side of his minivan and a bunch of stuff falls out. <laughs> like like uh, coffee cups and mugs and shit, ceramics. There's like ceramic stuff falling out of the side of it. You know, like, and then he drives over them. It's like crushing these coffee mugs. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, and sticky stuff, that's, that makes me sick. Like when you're going down an escalator and you put your hand on that thing and there's something on there. That is horrendous. One time I was on a bus in New York City. This was years ago. We were going, I think we were going down to uh, Greenwich Village, I think. And because we used to have, there used to be this Chinese restaurant down there that we loved. It went out of business during COVID, which sucks, you know. But I think we we're heading down there. We we're gonna have lunch at this place, and uh, I I put my hand on like the the you know the stainless steel like uh, little armrest type thing, and there's a glob of uh, I think it was snot, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I was like, oh god, I was I almost gag. I was dry heaving in that thing. Thing was like I was like oh my god, <laughs> you know I'm gonna get I don't know who knows I'm gonna get some, some kind of like my my liver's probably gonna shut down or something I'm gonna get hepatitis surface thing or AIDS or something or, or something I mean it's just ah uh, you know and um you know that's disgusting so yeah I understand what you're saying and yeah I've seen those cars where it's just 
stacked full of trash. <laughs> there was a woman I used to work with out in California. Her car was that way. You couldn't even see. There's just a spot where where she'd sit her big ass in there, you know, behind the wheel, and the rest of the car was just piled up with trash. <laughs> it's just a rolling dumpster, you know. Like what the? I used to snap pictures of it. Like when I'd go on lunch or something, I'd see that thing. God. So I understand what you're saying, Patrick. And um, the the cleaning the grinder and all that stuff. That's horrendous. Jeez Louise. I'm glad I never had to do that. You know, I almost got. I got one of the 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 uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, butchers at that grocery store. Fast check. He uh, he came to me one day and he goes, "Would you like? Would you be interested in being an apprentice?" Like a, like apprentice with him, like an apprenticeship with him, learn meat cutting and all that stuff. And um, the guy was being nice. This is one of these things when I think back on it, and I was like, eh, I don't think so. I appreciate it, but no, I don't think so. And he he seemed mildly offended, like he was extending a, you know, he was making me an offer, change my life. You know, probably, I mean, you can make a good living, you know, being a meat cutter, being a butcher. And he could tell probably that I was adrift. That was a bad part part of my life. He was probably trying to help me out. He probably liked me. And I just instantly shut it down. When I think back on that, it's one of the many, there's millions of them, that I think, oh, God, I could have handled that better. You know, but he, he, he asked me if I wanted to be in a, you know, a meat cutter's apprentice and start heading down that road, you know. And I was like, nah, I'm good, <laughs> you know. No sensitivity at all. Just an idiot, you know. God, it's one of those things. But um, I never had to clean that. All I had to do was uh, make ground beef when they would run out at night. And it was nightmarish. But anyway, thanks for the call, Patrick. I appreciate that. This next call is from our old pal Eugene. Here it is. Hey, Jeff. It's Eugene, your pal, your buddy from Peaches and uh, the Wheelers Dog podcast. Uh, You were talking about jobs where things you had to do that were very unpleasant. Well, working in radio promotions, especially during the time of the Fear Factor series, uh, radio morning shows did stunts like that. And so our morning show at Rock Day 2 in Greensboro, they decided that they were going to do a Fear Factor thing for 100 bucks, And what they came up with was uh, drinking pureed rat. So we had to acquire some rats from Carolina Biological, you know, some, some study rats. And uh, then they were talking about, you know, just boiling them and then pureeing them in a machine. And I'm like, uh, guys, I know people are signing a release form, but let's uh, think about what could be in the, the rat's guts. <laughs> Do we really want people drinking that? He's like, okay, well, you're in charge of gutting and skinning them. <laughs> Me and another guy uh, started in, gutting them, and the one dude just took off. He's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was like, all right. So I I ended up gutting them all. I clipped off their feet, gutted them, well, skinned them, and then gutted them. And uh, then we were boiling them outside the radio station the next morning. And homeless people started coming up. And then this guy's like telling him, like, oh, yeah, we're paying people 100 bucks to to drink pureed rat because, you know, it smelled like wet dog. That's what it smelled like cooking. And we removed the hair off of it and the feet. And so homeless people are like, man, you give me 25, I'll drink it right now. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the deal. We've already got our contestants filled out. 
And so that was the worst thing that I ever did, skinning and gutting rats, bowling the rats, which did not smell good. Uh, it was it was a long, long two days, let me tell you that, prepping and then actually doing it. And uh, all six guys did it. Only one of them barked. So, yeah, I just didn't feel right just sticking a whole rat in there for people to, to drink, you know? Oh, well. Uh, thanks, Jay and Jeff. Uh, Jay. Jeff, and enjoying the podcast. Keep it real, Daddy-O. And now that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. You, 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 you snip the feet. <laughs> I like that. I like that you mentioned that a couple times. You had to snip the feet off, skin them, gut them, and then boil them in puree. Oh, God. Who in the hell for a hundred dollars? There's zero percent chance I would do. That. I wouldn't do it for a thousand. I don't think that is gross. Like you say, God, those things eat. I mean, they're full of rabies. <laughs> Who knows? They're full of all kinds of I mean, parasites. Their stomachs just full of parasites and eating like turds. And I don't know what these things eat. I think they eat turds. <laughs> Could be wrong. What do I know about it? But anyway, I know you boil them and stuff, and it probably kills. Them. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for a thousand dollars. Even back when I was poor, I wouldn't do it for uh, no way. Hundred bucks. These people did this. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine the smell. I can't imagine like gutting a rat. That is uh, all right. You're you win the contest, Eugene. That's that's horrendous. The smell of a boiled rat. <laughs> the pure. You had to puree it. Boil it down. One time when I was out in California, uh, they were talking about uh, there was there was some kind of southern style uh, barbecue sh- shop that was going to open, and one of the things they sold there was a uh, Brunswick stew. They were asking me about. It. They said, "What is that?" And I said, "I don't know. I think it's just like the stuff from a pig that they can't use. They just throw it and make a stew out of it. It's like basically the." You know, if something, if you can't make like a sandwich out of it, <laughs> they just like, uh, you know, they, they're like, oh, bullshit. Yeah, you know, you know what you're talking about. I said, all right, well, I mean, I, I, I lived most of my life in the South and I know a little bit about it. Like, no, nah, that can't be that. Can't be, you know, that's, that's, that's horrendous. You know, like a boiled down rat or something. So, um, you know, that's what, that's probably what they were hearing inside their head. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't really give a shit what you think. <laughs> no, no. And there's this other guy named Randall. He also came from the Atlanta branch of Wea, where I where I came from. But he came. He was there before I was. So he was a uh, he he had a thick Southern accent. He was from Georgia. He was Georgia through and through, brother. And he worked out in, in California at home office. He originally started at the at the Atlanta branch, same place I worked at. He just happened to be strolling by, you know, do de do de do you know. And he said, hey, Randall, come over here. I want to ask you. Uh, one of these people that we were talking to was my boss, you know. You know, what's uh, what's Brunswick stew made of? You know, what, what? how do they make Brunswick stew? And he goes, well, basically, <laughs> he goes, well, basically, I, I believe it's just a boiled down pig head. <laughs> I mean, he has like this thick, you know. It's just a boiled down pig head. Those guys are like, oh God, <laughs> and um, I thought that was hilarious. They're like, oh God. Um, so you know, 
No, that just makes me sick. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I could gut, skin, clip the feet off a, a rat. I could never boil a rat, puree a rat, and I don't care how much money you give me. I'm not drinking a rat. No way. That shit. That shit is disgusting. You win, Eugene. I think. Uh, I think. You know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't think of anything worse than that. Well, I could probably can't. Th- well, I, you know, that's that, that. That takes the cake. So, anyway, thanks for calling. If you guys want to listen to uh, Eugene, some more stories like this one, check out the Wheeler's Dog podcast. Uh, it's available everywhere that you get podcasts. It's really good. Hosted by Eugene, my old Peaches Records and Tapes buddy from uh, Greensboro days. So check that out, Wheeler's Dog Podcast. Thanks for calling, uh, Eugene. Thanks, Patrick, for calling as well. I appreciate it. And whoever uh, area code 765 was, I appreciate you calling too, even though I couldn't hear one word of it. Call me back. And if the rest of you guys want to give me a call, you can do it easily. Head on, head on over to a phone. Head on over to a phone and call 570-290-8151. Give me a, you know, give me a, you know, some feedback and uh, ask some questions, make some suggestions, whatever, whatever's on your mind. And if you have some gross story from, you know, a job that you had to do, something gross that you had to do at a job, give me a call, 570-290-8151, but you can call me about anything. Also, uh, if you want two of these episodes a week instead of a measly one, you can head on over to patreon.com. It's patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Jeff K. Sign up for a $4 or more monthly donation, and you'll get an extra episode every week. Not every once in a while, not every once, no, 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 not every month. <laughs> I'm getting a, uh, something's, off, something's getting a little off here. Not every month. No, that's for suckers. Patreon.com slash Jeff K is the place to do it. You'll get an extra episode. Every time there's a new episode on the main network, you'll get an extra episode over at Patreon as well. Full length, exactly like these, just just more of it. So if you're interested in that, do it today. And surfreportpod.com is the website for the podcast, extra you know, expanded show notes, uh, links, photographs, etc. You know, value-added service. Surfreportpod.com. And we're at the end of this thing. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have yourselves a fine, fine day. Until next time, which will be over. Like, I'm, I'm all messed up here. I, I don't even know how to close this thing out anymore. I, I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay. Until next time, which will be over on the patreon side hope you get hope you guys had yourselves a fine fine day i'll see you bye just a day of sackism. <laughs>